This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of 40 Acres and a Fool. Yeah, this is number 99. Number 99. I know. Can you believe it? We got to do something special for next week. We got to hire the dancing girls. (laughs) No one can see them. I can see him. We can <laughs> <laughs> always say we hired the day. Hey, uh, We are at the kitchen table. It is a Sunday evening. We have youngest daughter with us as our studio audience tonight, at least for the first little bit. It's been a fairly productive week. Uh, I think all things considered, we have tomato plants planted. Yes, 27 varieties. 27. And people have been giving me a why on earth, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like tomatoes. Some people are crazy cat ladies. Some Missy are, is a crazy tomato lady. Right. I like the different types. We have different colors. We have different sizes. We have different shapes. I have four types that are just going to be paste for canning. Um, then we've got some that are beefsteak that we're going to put out in the front to, you know, the, with the gay race beds about the bunnies. So right. those are just for good for solid e- out of, out of hand eating. Mm-hmm. And then I've got a bunch of little grapes and saladettes and tiny pears. Yeah. Because they're just like finger food for yeah. us. I mean, they're the best snack on earth. Yeah. The we summer. just keep bowls of them on the counter and everybody just eats them and they're all different. You know, the darker, the darker, the tomato, the better are better it is for you. But mm-hmm. then the lighter ones have less acid. So they're good for your tummy. So we've got like. White pears and yellow pears and Hartman's yellow gooseberries. Plant any more sun golds? Sun golds, yes. Those are my favorites. Yes, and those are like some, sweet like candy. Some yellow and black uh, vernissage. I didn't have any more greens, but nope. yeah, we got a veritable uh, rainbow of tomatoes going on. Yes, and we have not lost any chickens. The uh, the, the fixes nope. to the chicken coop seems to have worked. Yes, the fortress is holding solid. None of them have gotten out at all. Right, and the uh, goats have not gotten out at all this week. Nope. So rewired the solar. Solar panel box with the help of the people from the Premier One. They were awesome. I called them. I explained what they needed. They sent it to me at part for like 40 cents. Nice. Um, Which the, is pretty amazing because they made that, right? Like they don't sell that part. Yeah. So they they just, had to, well, yeah, because it's part of the interior wire harness assembly. It's a special little clip that goes onto the little tab of the battery. So, yeah, it's something they had to put together for me. 40 cents. Yeah. But Thanks it was nice of one. them to put together. Now, um, and then so we've got the, the Electronet back uh, keeping the goats from getting out. So, yay for that. 
I uh, did not rototill the garden, which was one of my plans this week, but I did mow it. So uh, all of the dead grass that had overgrown is now stubble. Yeah. Uh, and now I can go back through this week and mow or uh, rototill. But it's going to be below freezing every night this week. So we weren't going to plant anything until no. next weekend anyway. We're so. just going to break up the dirt and get things kind of ready. Yes. Yeah, so next weekend, uh, hopefully beets and carrots go in the ground. We've got the uh, tomatoes percolating. We're going to wait a couple of weeks for the peppers. Yeah, because i got to get some more shelving and start some more. Yeah. Find more sunny spaces in the I was going to say, now actually that your your uh, office, we've, you've, you've remodeled a little bit here. I did. Well, I go back to work for the um, this week. And for back to work for me, it's not like I'm like, woohoo, I have a commute and i got to worry about pantyhose and all that other stuff. i got to <laughs> get up and actually go to my office here at home because right. I work from home. Um 10 years. But, but your office has sort of, over the past few months, turned into a Booker's dog uh, pen and be like the storage space. Storage and animal feed. So, yeah. So, I, I did today. I uh, cleaned it all out, got it all nice and organized, dusted, um, got some homeschooling space set up. We've reclaimed the dining room table, took out the leaf in here to make it fit a little bit better. So, yes, our house is pretty much like. Every inch of square foot is pretty much used, <laughs> yes, utilized it's by not, us. But and this will never be like the, you know, the home and garden, better home and gardens, or Southern living. Like no way. right now, this is a this is Southern living. This is Southern uh, living. It's, it's definitely right. a lived in house, that's for sure. Because uh, our, our dining room slash laundry room slash homeschool area slash office annex, right? Area, right? It's like, and what do you slash call broadcast it? studio. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and you were able to do this in part because Booker is going away for a few weeks. He yes, is our, getting trained. Our youngest puppy, who we got, and then all heck broke loose with me with the lungs and the sickness and the ever. He kind of got lost by the wayside, and he didn't get as much of attention, and he started acting out, which is in my office. He's eating drywall bits Your and chair. part of my chair. He ruined <laughs> hundreds of dollars everything. with electrical cables that he could get his mouth on. Yeah. So, yes, he is off to a doggy day camp sort of thing. So hopefully he'll come back and he'll be like the kid that you sent away to military school and come home and knows how to clean up after himself and do his laundry and things like that. And if you are a viewer slash listener to Cam and Company, uh, you will know this trainer, Greg, from Mount Hope Kennels, uh, who was in studio a few weeks ago. I met Greg the first time after reading his story at the Washington Free Beacon. Greg took in like 14 uh, bomb dogs, military bomb dogs that had basically... It's a long story, but uh, but but in they essence, got adopted they, they, by the wrong people, and then they got back right. in the right hands. And and Greg kept them and ended up returning most of them to their their handlers, uh, but at a significant cost to himself because he just kind of got screwed over. Yeah. Uh, so I thought, you know what, Booker needs some training. Uh, Greg needs some business. And uh, and it's just a, a happy coincidence that the uh, the two could work out. So uh, we'll keep you uh, apprised of Booker's progress over the next few weeks. But that's that's the uh, I guess that's the latest from the farm. I actually have stories this week. I feel good. I feel like I prepped for the the podcast. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. So I saw this one story. Actually, this was really interesting. Uh, it's from NPR. So I should use my NPR voice. Uh, Todd Bookman from New Hampshire NPR. It's uh, talking our quieter. Yes, it's it's Loudon, New Hampshire. Oh, okay. Uh, LEF Farms and LEF Farms has a new greenhouse where they are growing uh, baby greens, uh, including mizuna and and cress. Seven different uh, varieties of baby greens. There, it's built on the side of an old gravel pit. Oh, okay. And so they're it's basically indoor farming. So they've got these huge greenhouses that they're spending. The owners spent like ten million dollars. 
to, to put these greenhouses together so they can grow. Green. I know, right? So they can grow uh, gourmet lettuce indoor year-round mm. there in New Hampshire. The only problem is what, what happens when you're growing year-round? You've you got a vacation. Well, you do need <laughs> you do need vacation, but uh, you also need grow lights. Oh yeah, and grow lights and greenhouses don't always mix at no. night, especially. Yeah. So the neighbors are complaining. Are complaining because of the orange oh. light that oh, is that cast for miles wow. and miles and that miles. That does look like a creepy orange sky, right? Uh, and basically, there's. Not much the farmer's going to do about it. They are uh, they're saying, look, you know, when we make more money, uh, then we're going to invest it and we're going to build even more stuff here. And then we'll be able to get some shading, basically, that we can put on the greenhouse. But uh, until then. Yeah, it's, it's not like it's hurting anybody. It's not like pollution, pollution or anything like that. It's just light pollution. Well, I mean, yes and no. Uh, I mean, light pollution, look, if you move to the country, one of the things that we loved about moving out here when we walked outside, because every time that we had gone to visit the farm before we bought the place, it was in the daytime. Yeah. So the first night that we're here, we walk outside, it was, holy cow, look at look all, all the stars. stars. You can see the Milky Way. Yes. Now, that's something that we didn't have in Northern Virginia. No. So if all of a sudden something came in, let's say the Colonial Pipeline, which is, you know, coming through uh, the Farmville area. Let, let's say a compressor station uh, moves in and all of a sudden they've got, you know, bright lights. I don't think this is going to happen. But uh, or, or all of a sudden the, uh, the the quarry nearby decides they're going to start working at night and, you know, blasting light. And all of a sudden we lose, you know, half the stars in our sky. We kind of cheesed off about that. Yeah, probably. Um, so the farm is trying to work with the um, the locals. They, they give are everybody like an eye mask. Well, uh, <laughs> um, what they're doing is they're they're turning on the lights later at night. Basically, they're turning oh. them on at midnight. So people are probably asleep. The people who, you know, want to be on their front porch or out in their yard looking at the stars. Right. Like they they can enjoy the evening and then the light kicks on during the overnight hours. Um, And, and, you know, like the the locals. Is it working? It seems to be. I mean, at least for now, we'll see what happens, you know, a year or two from now when uh, uh, supposedly the shades are supposed to go in and that should, Mm. you know, darken the skies. But. You know, they, uh, as New Hampshire NPR said, many neighbors interviewed for this story say they do support the concept of locally grown food and support LEF Farms' efforts to grow produce in Loudoun. Even the resident who lives six miles from the farm and can see the light at night wants to have sustainable agriculture in his community. He says, I can think of many other businesses I wouldn't want to see there, so I'm grateful that we have a greenhouse. I just think somebody dropped the ball. Um <clears throat> The owner of the farm jokes that if he sells more greens, he can expand sooner and get the new shade curtains in place. The neighbor who lives six miles away and can see the light at night says if nobody buys the greens, then the lights would probably get shut down pretty quickly, too. So <laughs> he's yeah. happy to see sustainable agriculture, sustainable agriculture, but, but my back at the Sorry, same time, like thing, no sweat if it uh, ends up closing down. So yeah. as Robert Frost said, good fences make good neighbors, but... Um, can't fence that uh, He didn't say nothing about greenhouses. No, and bright lights in the sky. All right. All right, we're going to step away for just a moment or two. We have more 40 Acres and a Fool, a lot more still to come, including your emails and maybe a surprise appearance from Booker or a Bullet. Actually, Booker, not Booker. No. No, not for a couple of weeks, but uh, Bullet 
just stop by to say hello. That's what we got for naming the dogs. I know. Close together. I know. It would have happened anyway because even with the kids' names all different, I still call them by the different kids' names. So uh, it doesn't really my, our kids are lucky if I don't call them by the dog's name. Yeah. All right, stick around. We'll be back with more 40 Acres and a Fool right after this. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something. And progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to 40 Acres and a Fool. Aren't you going to use your NPR voice anymore? No, now I'm using my Mr. Big Radio voice. Okay. Right. I don't have a big radio voice. <laughs> no, that's okay. Hi not... there. <laughs> I get that could be it. That was pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. So the other story that I ran across this week was actually from our former stopping grounds in the D.C. area, mm. uh, not Northern Virginia, but uh, uh, the D.C., the Maryland part of the D.C. Okay. area. So they're building more metro lines, which is the the train lines. Yeah. Uh, they're doing it in Northern Virginia. That's the silver line. And in Maryland, uh, it's the purple line. And the Washington Post reported a couple days ago that springtime nests for owls and other birds probably will prevent construction from starting on a major segment of the Purple Line for an additional five months, potentially okay. adding more delays to a project already seven months behind schedule. That'll make it a year behind schedule. They need to clear about 43 acres of trees, oh. which is a, quote, critical first step in building the 16-mile light rail line planned for the Washington suburbs. Uh, beginning April the 1st, a federal law that protects the nests of migratory birds will prohibit the Metro Transit Authority from cutting into, quote, forested areas until September. Uh, the seasonal restriction is designed to allow bird eggs to hatch and chicks to mature and fly off before the trees holding their nests are destroyed. Oh, okay. That so I, I guess. But al- along with that, there are the complaints from people in Maryland who say that, uh, well, if you clear... Uh, these trees in this 46 acre spot at all, like even even next spring or next uh, in, in the fall when it's okay to do this, it will quote devastate a rare urban swath of park like green space. Uh, the trail, which runs between homes, will be rebuilt with a landscaped buffer along the train tracks, but in some areas, almost every tree will be cut down. Um, here's the thing: like the same folks who want. The trains. Who want the trains, right? Because we got to cut down on our carbon footprints. we got to save the earth. Are losing their Schmidt over 46 acres of trees being cut down. And I suppose, look, if you live around there, it's... it's seems like get, a lot. It seems like a lot. But all things considered... It's not really much. Right? Where's the where's the trade-off here? Yeah. Uh, Purple Line opponents involved in the lawsuit have seized on the nesting restrictions as an example of the environmental damage they say the project will cause. Except for it's going to do less Oh, damage. but wait. But wait. The lawsuit also argues that construction will harm the Hayes Spring Amphipod a tiny shrimp-like creature listed as a federally protected endangered species. Where the heck does he live in a tree? <laughs> no, no, there's apparently like a wetlands nearby, too, that could be affected by this. Oh, dear. Right? 
So, again, I, I just want to know. Let them walk. I just want to know. Um, John Fitzgerald, a plaintiff and lawyer on the lawsuit, said, uh, uh, we're not trying to stop the purple line. Yes, they are. We're trying to steward these natural resources and conserve the environment for people in the National Capital Area. While they're stopping the train from being built. It, 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 it's, yeah, like, so where, what's your solution, go? right? If it's not going to go there, then where's it going to go? But it just seems to me like this is another example of, you know, wanting to have your cake and eat it, too, yes. or or holding incompatible positions. Like, you got to you got to decide what's important to you. Yeah. Is, is saving the planet important to you? Because if, if that's what you're trying to do, then you want to encourage people to use mass transportation. You want it right because that's yeah. going to be more energy yeah. efficient. Um, or do you want your backyard and your neighborhood to have lots of big old growth trees well, if you want that, then you need to move to a different area anyway. I mean, we deal with this here. Uh, I talked about the pipeline in the last segment. I mean, this is something that we have going on right now. We've got people in Prince Edward County and in Nelson County, Buckingham County, who are all opposed to the pipeline going in because it's going to, you know, maybe in some cases cut right across their land, which I I do have issues with that. I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, but. There are also people who have issues just with the pipeline being built. Oh, it's just the pipeline, the word generally. Pipeline. Ah, and right, and so it's like, well, we're not switching over to electric cars yet. No, and I'd rather have a pipeline than a gas train. Those I, are those things that go flaming and blow up and kill yeah, people. Yeah, blew up and, in downtown Lynchburg like yeah. two or three years ago. So don't want that. No. Um, so, you know, what do you want? Do you want this to be, you know, do you want to save the environment? Do you want to help the environment? Uh, do you want to do things in the most environmentally conscious way? I think a pipeline is a much better delivery system, as you said, than fuel trains or, you know, transport trucks. Um, or do you want to have your pristine backyard? Because sometimes you're going to have to make those trade-offs. Right. Yeah, that's like the people there. They're the the recent. Um, I've saw a couple of memes that have been posted lately about the pipeline. Tri- the protesters up in um, the Indian reservation. Yeah, they left trash all over the place. Yes, in their protesting. Yes, they 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 littered a littered lot. Yeah, a lot of garbage and left refuse everywhere. This is how you protest some place where you're trying to be save environmental and save the earth. I'm like, I, 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 something doesn't work with that. I know. Like you said, these are those people. There's the same bleeping people. They want to have their cake and eat it too. Yeah. Let's protest. Let's leave all our shit here so somebody else can clean it up. That doesn't, that's not how it works. Clean up after yourself. Speaking of cleanup, uh, uh, we're probably going to need to clean up on that last little statement there. Oh, it's Miss dropping s bombs. It's it was a tiny little word. That's all right. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, is it one of the seven? It's not loose. At least it's not the number one. I don't one. know if it's one of the seven anymore. I, I'm, 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 I'm sure, sure there's, there's more than seven now. You anyway. know, these days they're probably <laughs> using it on Sesame Street for all I know. <laughs> I think it's okay. Watch your mouth, Elmo. You don't tell me what to do. Today's letters. Today's <laughs> letters brought to you by F and U. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a time out. We have a lot of emails to get to, so we're going to get started uh, hearing from you in the next segment. The email address, if you'd like to chime in, is 40acrefool at gmail.com. Stick around. More 40 Acres and a Fool coming up right after this. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Stupid internet stuff. Huh. Click here for free. Oh, I got a virus. Smart internet stuff. Did you not show similar concern under President Obama? You carried water for the administration. 
Not only did you not carry or uh, show similar concern, you didn't show any concern with situations that were far worse than the speculation that Jeff Sessions may have met improperly with an ambassador from Russia. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards returns now on the Blaze Radio Network. So I heard, we heard this week via email from, I don't think you've actually met Matt and Marsha from Colorado, but they've been longtime listeners to Cam and Company. I've gotten to meet them both uh, on the uh, couple of occasions that I've had to go out to Colorado for well, the I've never been to Colorado. ATF party. I know you haven't. We've been trying to get you out there, but uh, maybe at some point this year. You can head out. I, I love it. I think it's beautiful. It doesn't look like I'm going to have any goats to milk, so yeah, I know. travel more. I know, right? I think it took. But that's yeah. okay. You know what? It's fine. One more thing I didn't have to worry about, getting back to the swing of things. Anyway, go ahead. You, we heard. Yeah, we heard. so, so Marsha wrote in, and she says, um, I'm not one for writing, so hence the delay for sending this note in response to a couple of things on the podcast. <laughs> um, we listen to 40 Acres and a Fool. We enjoy both uh, 40 Acres and a Fool and Cam and Company quite a bit. We have been and are praying for you and your whole family. Glad to hear things are looking up for Missy, and I hope she gets it's her vim and vigor back soon. It's she, getting there. It is. It is getting there. She said, uh, in one of your podcasts, uh, you talked about the difference between living just outside of D.C. and living in Farmville. We can understand. If you want culture shock, try moving from Metro Detroit to a small town in Colorado. Well, uh, yeah. You're right. Matt and I grew up in Metro Detroit. At the time we left the Tri-County area in 1982, the area had over 3 million people. They have a lot less now. Yeah. We moved to Georgetown, Colorado, a small mountain town of 800. Oh, wow. That is a big difference. Right? The neighbors in Metro Detroit did not want to know all your business. In Georgetown, if they didn't know your business, they made it up until they did know. (laughs) You make friends faster. You have lots of untrue stories circulating. Yeah, right? (laughs) That's funny. Uh, Marcia says, in your podcast around Halloween, you talked about ghost stories. A lot of the places in Georgetown have ghost stories associated with them. The restaurant and saloon that we bought was one of those places, although we didn't know it at the time. Before moving there, we didn't believe or disbelieve in ghosts. After spending 16 hours a day for four years in the Crazy Horse Saloon, we were not disbelievers. Uh, The building consisted of several cabins that had been moved and put together to make one building. We traced some of the cabins to the 1850s. Oh, neat. We think we had three ghosts, two men and one woman. After four years, too many stories to put in this note, including the ever-popular sudden cold chill with the smell of lilacs and seeing something move out of the corner of your eye and nothing there when you look again. One of the ghosts liked to play tricks, would keep ice cream sundae toppings in a specific place in the six-door refrigerator called a reach-in. We would go to the reach-in to get a topping, and we wouldn't find any. After getting a new jar of toppings and putting it on the ice cream, the new jar was to go in the reach-in. Of course, when you went to put it away, there would be an open jar right in plain sight. <laughs> when one of our ghosts said he didn't believe in ghosts, or one of our cooks said he didn't believe in ghosts, after having some of his utensils moved, the ghost took exception. The next time he went in the storage room, canned goods started falling off the shelves all around him. He stopped when he said, okay, I'm sorry, I do believe in ghosts. Oh. Our favorite happened on the, on the last night we owned the business, Marsha writes. It was late and we had closed for the night. The next day, the new owner would take over. We were alone in the building, having one last drink of the bar. The bar was in one of the interior rooms and cabins and had two Tiffany hanging lamps behind the bar. We raised our drinks and I said goodbye to ghosts and told them to take care of the place. At that point, the two hanging lamps started to swing in a large arc in opposite directions. Whoa. That's creepy, Marcia. Yeah, that would be creepy. We now live on our own little version of 40 acres minus the zero. Our four acres are at 7,000 feet in the foothills outside of Boulder, Colorado, backing up to a national forest. 
It's definitely different than Metro Detroit, and we love it. We tried having a garden, but cool nights at 7,000 feet in a short growing season can be a challenge. Yeah, it sounds like you'd have to get a greenhouse up there. The tomatoes had skinned so thick, you needed a chainsaw to cut them. The raccoons got the corn the night before we planned to pick it. (laughs) We didn't have good luck with zucchini as long as we could keep the deer out of it. But we do live in the wild kingdom with the deer, rabbits, raccoons, foxes, wild turkeys, mountain lions, and bears, just to mention a few that pass through the property. Uh, Marsha and Matt, uh, Marsha writes, I've rambled on more than I intended. Thanks for all the enjoyment we get from listening to you and Miss E. And Marsha, thank you for the stories. I appreciate you sending them in. And don't be a stranger. I'd love to hear more about uh, your time running the restaurant there. And I'm jealous. Georgetown, Colorado. That sounds awesome. I don't have any ghosts that talk to me. Eh, give it time. I've been here for four years. They still haven't come out. Yeah. I'm pretty open-minded. I'm like, come on. I'm, I'm a ghost. I only had that one experience. That was yeah. it. Kid Kid 5 had that one, too. Um, Lena, writing in, says, okay, let's talk turkey. Uh, says, just finished the last podcast. I'm so happy to hear Missy sounding much improved. Yeah, you do just sound yeah. better. I feel like I sound better. Yeah, if it makes any sense. I no, mean, I, can, I can deal a difference. I mean, you just you've got more energy. You're you seem mostly back to normal. Yeah, mostly. Your hair's even coming in. My hair's coming in. It's all more salt than pepper, but it's coming in. <laughs> but yeah, I get winded walking back from the chicken coop still. But I'm, I'm getting there. You're getting there. Just got to do more walking and now know. that springtime is here. Well, almost here. It's going to be below freezing all week. I was going to say, uh, springtime is Springtime coming. was here. And it then comes then, on and the and 20th <laughs> because spring is on the 20th of March every year, but not here. The weather doesn't care that it's actually going to be spring. It's going to be in the 40s and 20s in the night. Right. So Lena is in uh, Nampa, Idaho. She says, our winter was really bad this year, but a good amount of snow means good water for us here in the high desert, so I shouldn't complain. Mm. Meanwhile, she says, spring's around the corner, and along with it comes the trips to the hatchery, so I wanted to talk turkey. Having tended chickens now for a while, we're up to 50 hens and three roosters, I thought I would try my hand at turkeys two years ago. So we went to the local hatchery. We picked out four lovely, lanky, fuzzy birds. <laughs> we were told that you can raise them with the chickens. So we took them home. We put them in the heat lamp nest area with a small flock of chickens. Those turkey birds were so sweet, says Lena. They like to be held and would fall asleep in your hands if you cuddled them. My kids and I would take them out of the nest area to put in our sweater pockets and rock around the house where they'd fall asleep <laughs> and make adorable snoozy noises. <laughs> The only problem I found was that even though the turkey chicks were twice the size of the chicken chicks, the chickens would push the turkeys out of the way to get to the feed, and poor Tom would stand and wait his turn. So I eventually separated the turkeys and a few of the smaller and slower chicks into their own outside spot with a brood light to get them to grow a bit more, and the turkeys also liked a little warmer area. They were awkward and gangly. They would tip over in a good wind. (laughs) We lost one to the small canal in the pasture, so they had a reputation of being dumb, but their personality made up for all of this. Okay. We enjoyed watching them strut around, gobbling and showing off, even when very small. Also, they would eventually be the unknowing muscle in the flock. What foolish hawk would try to swoop down near this 30-pound behemoth? Eventually, the birds hit their goal weight, and we sent them to freezer camp. We repeated the process again last year with great success. Turkeys are very easy animals to raise and a great return for the effort. I highly recommend throwing a few in the mix when you go to the local hatchery. My friend had turkeys. I can't remember. Uh, we were at their place one weekend, and I think you were down at the shooting range, but I had gone up back up to the house to get something from her. Mm-hmm. So she had ran off to the neighbor, so I was like sitting on the back porch waiting for her to come, and she had two tom turkeys, and they one of them was a big lavender thing, and the other one was like, he was really pretty grayish, purplish, and the other one was a big brown. I have no idea what their, what type of turkeys they were, but they both apparently were very interested in me um, <laughs> because they were putting them, they're putting on a big old show and getting really close and with the big tail and the shaking everything and the noise and it was kind of like 
okay, you're really big and you're kind of really <laughs> freaking me out and I'm married and you guys really need to just quit it. So, but no, I, 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 I don't know. It'd be kind of weird. Turkeys and chickens. I don't know if we can. We don't. I don't think we have enough physical space to put them together. together. No, we'd have to have a, a new space for yeah. the uh, for turkeys for the turkeys. But I, I mean, you listen, like turkey. I love smoked yep. turkey. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's the only turkey I like is smoked turkey. Yeah, but it's so good. It is. It's not really good so. here. Lena says, we'll be trying to get our garden in in the next few weeks, trying for a simple garden this year as last year's went to pot. And yeah, that was a common story no matter where where you live. Lena, I think last year was just kind of a crummy year for it gardens. Was. It seemed to be. Maybe this year, since it's the year of the rooster, it'll be better. Maybe. Maybe. It's more of a barnyard animal-friendly year of the animal kind of thing. As Winston said, never, never, never give in. And uh, <laughs> yes, Lena, that's great gardening advice uh, and good life advice from Winston Churchill. All right, we're going to step away for a moment or two. When we come back, we've got more of your emails. Again, 40acrefool at gmail.com is the email address. Uh, on Instagram, at Corny Goat Farm. That's Miss E. Yep. Also, at Cam Edwards. I have, uh, I've been working a lot, so. Put up much. Haven't put up much lately, uh, but I will now that the daylight savings time is over and we're uh, back to normal. And we've got. I kind of posted a picture of the three potted little peat pots of tomato seedlings that we tried to plant that the dog ate. But that would have been not a very exciting picture. No, that would have been Missy with her head all red. And we had we had already popping out. <laughs> Speed of tomatoes. Yeah, you were tomato faced there. Oh, we had already decided that Booker was going to get his training, but uh, but. That you you were you were livid at that point. We just finished putting all the pl- all the tomatoes that we wanted to plant in little peat pots, and we have them in like so we have like two or three pots per little plastic tray, and that way the peat pots stay damp. We can bottom water or top water. Anyway, we just got them all on shelves in our room where we have all of the shelves for the, with our family room because it's nice and sunny back there. And I came, he was awfully quiet somebody said it looked like he made a mess or was eating something and we thought he pooped everywhere no he ate three pots (laughs) pots of dirt and there was just dirt and pot pea pots all over the place and yeah i that was it i was just like okay that's it i'm done we gotta send him either somewhere else or to doggy boot camp or too bad you can't you know eat dog in this country (laughs) because well when the goats we're not going to eat well when the goats were misbehaving and not doing their job then we decided okay freezer camp we can't do that with dogs unfortunately no so, so good thing he went off to a uh, doggy daycare. Yes, he's coming back a uh, a brand new dog. He's yep. gonna he's gonna get that training that he needs that, uh, <laughs> that we would have been able to give him had it not been for you know. Yeah, the other two dogs are the fine. Incident, the other the, right? the, the other two dogs that I've trained since babies listen and they don't they don't right. act like crazy people. We're gonna take them. a break before you say anything else. Just absolutely outrageous, Sorry. like you know eating dogs. All right, stick around. More forty acres in a full coming up next. Yum. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Two thousand seventeen is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy 
it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline, 1-800-913-4653. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards returns now on the Plays Radio Network. So it has been a while since we've heard from Sean of Pecan Grove Farm and Gardens in Oklahoma. He says it's been almost nearly a year since he's written, and he says it's been almost as long since I've had a chance to listen. But he says I've had over the past week, had the chance to catch up, just wanted to send you my thoughts. First off, he says, I'm so sorry to hear about Missy's cancer, but I'm glad she's doing well and getting better. Yep. Uh, he says, I have a few thoughts to share in that regard. Sugar and cancer don't mix. Cancer thrives on sugar and acidity. It cannot survive in an oxygen-rich body, so no more sugar. I highly recommend turmeric, beets, dandelion, artichokes, and garlic as dietary supplements. I could go on about this, but I'm sure you've heard all of it. I have friends who cured their cancer naturally. No chemo, no radiation. I'm sorry I had to go through that torture and love you, Miss C. Thank you. Thank you for that, Sean. Sean says, I just heard you talking about Christy from Newcastle's egg selling issue. Uh, if you want to sell farm eggs in Oklahoma, you can sell them from your farm. No permit needed. If you want to check, uh, if you want to sell them in a farmer's market, you need to check the rules of the market. Each one's different, but most require a permit to sell eggs. Mm. Sean says, uh, an update on our farm. With the crazy weather we've had here in Tahlequah, we did not get any pecans last year. Oh. We were so disappointed. We had our pig partitioned back in May. We took the last of the chops out of the freezer last week. Still yummy. Mm-hmm. We've added a few more chickens to our flock. We get about five eggs a day. Nice. We also acquired two ducklings who both turned out to be drakes. Oh. They'll be uh, yummy for Thanksgiving well, next year, say, yeah, duck, says Sean. Mm-hmm. Right? We may get a hint or two this season. He says, we're building a greenhouse this year to help extend our season and to protect some plants from the animals, which free range are five acres. We also intend to grow exotic plants there, too. Turmeric, for one. And we're also going to going to try uh, growing cacao just because. Hey, why not? That's cool. That is cool. You, it's got to, you know, they like um, moist and warm, but it'd be interesting to see how it turns out. Yeah. Yeah, I want to I want to uh, follow along with your cacao adventures, Sean. <laughs> uh, Home and Garden Show this weekend in Tulsi says we go every year for ideas, seeds, bulbs, free trees, etc. Yeah, I didn't think about the free trees. We should go see if there are any Home and Garden Shows in Richmond coming up. We could always try. Right? Anyway, Sean says, just wanted to uh, say a quick hello and an update. Love you both. Keep up the great work. And as always, have a better day. Sean, thank you so much. It's good to hear from you. Uh, hope that it's not a year before we hear from you again. Best of luck with the pecans this year. Yeah, I hope they do better. We absolutely. found out. Oh, I found a pecan tree in our on our property. Speaking of pecans. But it, they were all by the time I found that. So next year, I'll have to go out there earlier. So speaking of pecans. Yes. I have a pecan story. Yes. Pecan. Yes. Um, so this has been, in one respect, this has been kind of a craptastic week. Mm. Uh, two of my friends passed away. Yes. This week. Terry O'Shea, who's a, a former detective with the uh, New York Police Department, a uh, 9-11 first responder, okay. and a guy I met uh, online, actually, just a few months ago, thanks to Brad Thor, uh, but I had the chance to get to know a little bit. Uh, Terry lost his uh, two-year battle with cancer and uh, leaves behind a wife and kids and a family who loves them dearly, so please keep them in your thoughts and your prayers. And Mike McCarvel, who's a, a longtime radio voice in Oklahoma, a, a good friend of mine, one of my first bosses. Um, I bought my first car from him when we, my first right. car I bought from him. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. 
And uh, he, I used to call him my Yoda. Yeah. Uh, he was my he was my mentor. He was my sounding board. He was the guy that I went to with you know all kinds of questions. Uh, and he's just a, a tremendous human being. And, and Mike passed away after an illness this week. And I was talking about this on Cam and Company. So if you listen every day to Cam and Company, you may have heard the story. And I apologize, but I wanted to to kind of give folks an idea of 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 who Mike was. And Mike was such a nice guy like he wasn't a yeller or a screamer as a talk show host he was very conversational yes i got a lot of my style from mike very smart um but the one time that i saw mike lose his schmidt on the air was when he was hosting the afternoon drive talk show on ktok in oklahoma city and i was anchoring the afternoon news on ktok in oklahoma city and it came time for the top of the hour newscast and I'm in my little booth, and I'm reading my stories, and I'm playing my sound bites, and I run across the story about the pecan harvest in southern Oklahoma. And I hit the space bar on the computer that plays the sound bite of the farmer. And to this day, I don't know if this is a real story that was just written to be awful. The reporter who put this together was, had a penchant for practical jokes. Okay. So it could very well be that this was just a joke soundbite, and it didn't really exist. But it, it, I, as far as I know, this is still a real story. Okay. Um, hit the space bar. Soundbite starts. Yeah, you can tell it's a bad harvest this year by how small my nuts are. I mean, just look at my nuts. You can see how small they are. They don't even fit in my hand. I mean, you just you look at, you roll these nuts around in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear yeah so <clears throat> sound bites over i start talking i get about three words into the story and i just lose it i'm just laughing i'm laughing so hard i'm crying oh dear mike could not see me mike could see the producer jeff gullet and i could see the producer jeff gullet but mike and i could not see each other okay so i'm crying jeff gullet the producer is crying I wave off Jeff like I can't do this anymore. I can't. I'm right, sorry. I can't talk. So you throw it to Mike. So he points at Mike, turns on Mike's microphone, and all I hear is this laughter off the mic because Mike is on the floor laughing at that point. Oh, because okay. Yes, and then we had to go to a break because I mean, he was. <laughs> So that's the one time I ever saw Mike McCarver like not able to do his job, oh. and it and it was because of me because of the and little nuts because <laughs> of the because of the, the the small pecans there in uh, Paul's Valley I think it was was where the story was from. So uh, Mike is definitely going to be missed in, in Oklahoma. Um, Governor Fallon actually was uh, nice enough to uh, to issue a statement and. All kinds of tributes from his his colleagues, uh, Jerry Bonin, former news director at KTOK, had some really nice things to say. And Mike was just a wonderful guy. Uh, and as great as he was on the radio, he was even better off microphone. He was a great father. He was a great husband, a great grandfather. And uh, again, he's going to be deeply missed as well. Um, so we've got uh, also an email from Brandon. Uh, who is in central Pennsylvania. It says the winter's been very weird. 50 and 60 degree weather some days, 25 and 30 degree weather other days. Yeah. Yeah, we've been getting like... We've been feeling your pain. Eh? Yeah, it's been like 70, 80 degrees here and then, you know, 25 and 30. It's supposed to get down to 17 one night this week, Brandon. Brandon says, I typically don't start planting seeds in the garden until the last week of March or beginning of April, but I did say, hear some neighbors planting onion sets. I hope they make out okay because we're supposed to get four or five days of weather that only gets up to about 35 degrees. 
Brandon says this year will be a busy year for gardening. We're expecting our third child in June, Ooh. and that typically is a very busy month for us shelling sweet peas. Our second child was born in June, and we relied on some in-law labor to help us out. (laughs) I love hearing about all the other friends in our 40 acres and fool community, what their plans are for their garden. So I figured I'd attach a little file of my garden layout, my planting schedule, as well as pictures from my garden last year. Oh, cool. Brandon says, if for anything else, you can look at the pretty colors of my plans. I'm a bit of a neat person, so I like to have every square foot of my garden planned, as well as every week planned out for the year. Says so far after three years of doing my own garden, the detailed plans have worked out great. Now, see, that's the thing, Brandon. It'd be one thing if you did it and then it sucked, and you did it again and it still sucked. But the fact that you do it and it turns out great, yeah, okay, that makes me. Because I'll tell you, I'm, we're not we're not like big planners with our garden. No, we have big ideas. First, sure, yeah, <laughs> like twenty six seven types of tomatoes. You can see the dilemma here. We don't plan real well. No. Not really. Uh, Brandon says, anyway, I love listening to your show. Please tell Missy hello. I'm glad to hear that she's getting back to feeling normal. Thanks for taking so much. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time out of your week to do the podcast. And may God bless you. 40 acres this year. Well, Brandon, God bless you and your uh, farm and your family and your new baby. Oh, Congratulations. I love babies. I know you love babies. I miss babies. We want, uh, as, and as much as we love seeing the pictures of the uh, the garden plot, Brandon, you know, you know when the third child is here, exactly. <laughs> we need pictures of babies, okay? All right, Brandon. Thank you so much, sir, for chiming in, and uh, best of luck to you as well. Uh, finally, Trent out in Indiana. Our friend Trent. Our friend Trent says it's uh, been a busy couple weeks. Sorry to hear about the fox issue, he says. Even without goats to rub on the fence, I wasn't happy with how the fence stayed in place on my first run for the chickens. That's why I decided to frame it with treated lumber and fence staple the welded wire to the frame. He says I've been pretty happy with that. Nice. And rather than clip wings, he says, I just bought some of the cheap plastic netting that they use at orchards to keep birds off the fruit. That's exactly That's what, what we're we doing. Did. Yep. It's exactly what we're using right now, Trent, and it's fine. Um, yep. I just, I, it, after a while, it sags, it droops. You know, you just really yep. got to stay on it. But uh, In the fall, when the leaves come, that's what happened. Like last year, leaves fell, and it kind of weighted it down, and it kind of crapped it out. So we got a fresh coat on there. Then no one's gotten out. Yeah. No one's gotten in either, so. Um. He says it keeps the hawks out as well. It does. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Trent says, I interviewed a local egg co-op president a few months ago for an article, and he said that for their larger free-range growers with hawk problems, they use fishing line. It confuses the hawks enough that they'll leave it be, even with gaps up to six feet across. Huh. Fun fact of the day. Now, of course, the chickens, these are for free-ranging, I guess. So yeah. you just... What do you do? Do you just string the fishing line... From tree to tree, I from guess. From tree to tree across yeah. the pasture? I guess because it, it'll... It, yeah, I guess it throws off their depth perception because they can probably see it. Man, you have to put that like eight feet up in the air, or else all of a sudden you're going to be decapitating yourself as you walk through the. Uh, or you could do pasture. what the blueberry farm did. They just have recordings of screeching birds or something crazy to scare things away. Yeah. Yeah. Trent says uh, two Fridays ago, we had a problem here as lightning struck our phone line. I think you saw the pictures yes. on Instagram. I did. Holy Ouch. cow. Uh, we only phone. use our phone for internet. Trent says, it came in, scorched the wall, exploded the modem. Oh. Uh, the uh, plug melted as well. The oh, surge gosh. protector stopped it from jumping into the electrical system, though, so we were lucky. It didn't Oof. even trip a breaker, but it literally vaporized the phone line. I took the cover plate off. It just fell to the ground. The wires weren't there. Oh, wow. So we were without internet for a few days. Trent says, that same week, I'd had an epiphany that the baby's about 12 weeks away. With May being garden time and me being likely away for a few days, there was another consideration. I didn't want chicks brooding while I was gone and someone else having to care for them. So we are currently brooding six khaki Campbell ducks and four Easter egger chicks. And the plan is to have integration done before baby March arrives. So whoever has to babysit the menagerie in my absence has as easy a time as possible. 
That's good. Melody has reached the everything is uncomfortable and bending over is stupid part of pregnancy. I remember that. Starting to feel real now, says Trent. I managed to wrap up the remodel except for trims, and now we're organizing, cleaning, and trying to get the drywall dust off of everything. Yay, equity. The two-bedroom house we bought is now a three. Go me. Awesome. Go you, Trent. <laughs> uh, the C's I send, he says, are, all, are, are opalca. It's an indeterminate heirloom sauce tomato, kind of like a pepper. Okay. The fewest seeds of any tomato I've ever seen, and the skin that you can almost peel without blanching. Oh. I prefer this type of tomato for caprese salads as well, because I don't like it very watery, says Trent. Okay. Uh, Blueberry bushes removed this weekend further from the coop, more in line with our other berry arbor. Opens up a more natural area for semi-permanent hog quarters as well. Nice, Trent. Nice. Uh, Hopefully your blueberries survive the the, the spring here. I hope our blueberries survive. Um... Trent says, uh, lastly, and also starting some pe- uh, spearmint and peppermint from seed as well. I've seen where rodents don't care for mint, and over the winter I've attracted some rats to the coop. Mm. I got a few early, and though I had them wrangled, thought I had them wrangled, he says, but it seems not. I'm hoping the mint drives them out by planting it around the coop. The other thing you can do is after it grows is you can, when because we had like patches of mint all over the place when we first moved here, mm-hmm. I would gather them up and I would strew them amongst the rushes and the straw in the coop. So it helps to keep the bugs down. It helps to keep... Bugs the brats away, and it also makes things smell nice. Yes, it does. Missy, Trent says, you already sound so much better in the last few podcasts. It is great to have you back to something approaching normal. Continued well wishes on your recovery. And again, Mel and I, Melody and I can't thank you enough for the blanket. If winter never lets up, it may be good that all three of us can fit yeah. <laughs> under it. Uh, and uh, Trent says, Cam, you need to remember to add the P.O. box to the credits at the end of the show. You've only mentioned it once. And for disorganized fools like me who often listen while puttering around doing other things, I'm dreadful. <laughs> and remember to write it down. All right. So, Trent, here you go. The email address, 40acrefool at gmail.com. The social media, Instagram, at Corny Goat Farm, uh, at Cam Edwards. Twitter is at Cam Edwards. And if you would like to write us, snail mail us, uh, send us Tomato seeds, whatever. Uh, it is Corny Goat Farm, P.O. Box 817, Farmville, Virginia, 23901-0817. Yes, and it sounds like the dogs need to go out. So it does. A That's a good time to, to wrap show. it up with the, <laughs> uh, the whining of the dog. Well, listen, have a fantastic week. Thank you so much for being a part of this edition of 40 Acres in a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. Until we talk again... Be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot, and we'll see you here soon with more from the near frontier on 40 Acres and a Fool. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.